Hello, and welcome to the Executive Health Show, where we guide executives to prioritize their health and wellness to maximize productivity, longevity, and mental acuity. I'm your host, Wade Foster. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Executive Health Show. Today, we're going to be diving into a fascinating topic. <coughs> Excuse me, all around metabolic health. So, just to go over what we're going to cover in um, in this episode, we're going to be going through what is metabolic health, how do you measure your metabolic health, why does metabolic health actually matter, um, what's the difference or what's the relationship between a metabolic health, glucose and insulin, and then we're going to be diving into how to improve your overall metabolic health. So to start things off, what is metabolic health? Well, for those who, who don't know, we are in a metabolic health crisis and it's only poised to get worse. Just 12% of Americans are considered to be metabolically healthy. Just 12%. And many don't even know what metabolic health is. And that's the goal of what I'm going to go through today. Talk to you exactly what metabolic health is, exactly how to see if you are metabolic healthy, and then things to do to make sure you are looking after your health and metabolic health to the best of your abilities. So, what is metabolic health anyway? Well, your body breaks down the foods you eat and converts them into energy um, through a process often referred to as metabolism, right? However, that doesn't quite capture the full breadth of what metabolic health is. A more accurate way um, to think about metabolism is that it's the sum of the chemical reactions in your body that keep you alive. Okay, so whereas metabolism is all about the ways in which your body produces and uses energy to keep you alive, metabolic health is how efficiently this process is working. When your metabolism is dysregulated, your metabolic health suffers massively as well. Okay, so it's basically metabolic health is how well your body, your body is efficiently working and processing, right? So it's absolutely key and vital to have good metabolic health, to have all the processes, hormones and everything in our body functioning well so that we can really focus on living our best lives. So how do we measure metabolic health? Okay, so obviously there's a few tests that we can do um, that we can find out what is um, metabolic uh, metabolic health or seeing where we are on the metabolic, what metabolic health stand for. So first one we're going to dive into will be your waist circumference. Okay, so for men, if you have a waist circumference of greater than 102 centimeters or greater than 40 inches, you are um, be seen as, as, a, as a symptom of a metabolically unhealthy. <clears throat> For women, 
it is 88 centimeters or 30 above 88 centimeters or above 35 inches okay so that's the first test really easy test that you can do to find out to so the first sort of one of metabolically unhealthy next fasting blood glucose so if you have a fasting blood glucose of over 100 milligrams per deciliter that is the second symptom of being metabolically unhealthy then we're looking at um, blood pressure so if you have a systolic blood pressure of over 120 and a dystolic blood pressure of over 80 um, that is a symptom that's the next symptom of metabolically unhealthy then we're moving on to a bit of blood work with triglycerides and HDL. So triglycerides, if you have triglycerides of over 150 milligrams per deciliter, and then if you have a HDL cholesterol of less than 40 milligrams a deciliter in men and 50 milligrams a deciliter in women. Okay, so that's the first kind of assessment and test you can do so i'm going to get through obviously the way circumference these is one to do um fasting blood glucose isn't overly difficult to do i'll get onto that in a moment um, you could get that done out of the doctor's surgery or you could just get a continuous glucose monitor which i will talk to you about uh blood pressure again having just a blood pressure at home um and then obviously a bit of blood work with your triglycerides and hdl cholesterol okay so that's kind of how you're looking about how you actually measure it and how you can see um if you are metabolically healthy or metabolically unhealthy. Now, there are a number of factors that can cause you to fall into the unhealthy range of any one of these criteria. And they include poor nutrition, which can lead to obviously being insulin resistant, smoking, a sedentary lifestyle, inconsistent sleep, chronic stress, and then inflammation. So as you can see, a lot of the pillars that I talked to you about, optimizing your sleep, improving your stress levels, moving more and eating better, right? If you aren't doing those things well, you could be metabolically unhealthy, which means your body is not performing as efficiently as it should. The systems aren't working as efficiently as they should, right? And we're in a, and that was only, 12% of Americans are supposed to be metabolically healthy. So <clears throat> where this gets a bit more serious, if you meet three out of the five criteria above, okay? So the triglycerides, the HDL, blood pressure, fasting blood glucose, waist circumference. If you meet three out of the five above, you have what is known as metabolic syndrome metabolic syndrome increases your risk of developing the chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes cardiovascular heart disease and strokes one out of every three americans experiences metabolic syndrome which can significantly reduce not only the length of your life, but also the quality of your life. And that's why this is such a serious matter to one, test 
and then to ensure that you are doing what you can to be metabolically healthy. So what we need to then understand is there's a number of statistics or as um, often portrays metabolic health in binary terms, making it easy for you to believe that you're metabolically healthy as long as you fall in um, like a certain range, etc. But one thing that I focus on is that um, even if you don't have metabolic syndrome, that doesn't necessarily mean you're metabolically healthy. And that's because metabolic health isn't binary, right? It's not if you don't, if you only have two of these and not three, you're metabolically healthy, etc. Of course, you don't have metabolic syndrome and you're not at greater risk of, of death. Um, but a lot can happen between being in a state of good health and then developing diabetes and obesity. And often times the symptoms of let's say metabolic sickness go unnoticed or don't show up until your condition is too severe being out of the normal or healthy range in just one of the criteria above can have short and long-term effects on your health even if you feel absolutely fine or don't experience any visible warning signs. This is why it's vital that you test, right? Vital that you test yourself and you find out where you are. Are you good in all of the areas? Do you have one of them that may not be optimal? And then we build, you will, you build a structure, a plan, a strategy in order to optimize that area. And the biggest thing that I want to take, take home from this little part here is, be proactive, not reactive. So many people wait until it's too late. They roll the dice. They gamble. Oh, I'll wait until something bad. Oh, it may not happen to me. I may not have the stroke. I may not get cardiovascular. I may not, right? Or oh, I can kind of get away with playing with my kids at the moment. Like it's like, I'll, like I'll, I'll risk it for another five, 10 years before I start fixing myself. Like, no. Be proactive about your health rather than reacting because then it gets too late. So what I find is very important when we're looking at metabolic health is an issue I have with some of the testing, not some of the testing, but when we're looking at it. So we want a bit of a variability. Okay, because the one that I'm looking at here is obviously the fasting glucose, right? Fasting blood glucose. So the way your glucose levels fluctuate throughout the day often gives us much more insight into your metabolic health than just one test at one time. Glucose variability matters as much as, if not more than just your, uh, your average glucose or your fasting glucose, and it allows us to understand where you are on a metabolic spectrum. Um, so as great as these one-off tests are, I feel continuously monitoring for a period of time is much more valuable. And this is where things like continuous glucose monitors come in. Um, and it's a really, really 
good thing to to kind of dive onto. So there are many um, CGMs out there. Uh, I know there are some um, in the states. There's some really really good ones um, in the in the UK and Europe as well. So definitely look into potentially getting yourself a, a CGM. I know that there's um, Very, which is uh, a company that I use myself. So V E R I Very um, Glucose Monitoring. There is um, Super Sapiens. There is Levels. There is January is one. I know there's a few out there. So for anyone who's interested in obviously looking at CGM testing, I would highly, uh, CGM is continuous glucose monitor testing. I'd highly, highly recommend it. Okay. So that was a bit about like what metabolic health is and then how to message it. But why does metabolic health actually matter? So being metabolically healthy isn't just a, a checkbox, you know, to increase your likelihood of living longer. It's a way to improve your chances of enjoying a high quality of life. And that's the key. That is truly, truly the key. We want a life of high quality with minimal suffering from mild and severe illnesses. And that's what being metabolically healthy can do. So being metabolically healthy will help increase your health span and the ability to do what you love. We aren't living longer than we ever have, but our quality of life and health is suffering massively. Being metabolically healthy increases your health span, which basically means the number of years you spend in good health, free from disease, free from pain, free from illness. When you increase your health span, you empower yourself to be physically and mentally capable of doing the things you love, even as you age. And that's a key factor to metabolic health. Next is metabolically health um, helps lower stress. So stress is a natural response to danger that helps you survive. However, chronic stress has a negative effect on your metabolic health, which in turn is correlated with greater levels of inflammation, obesity, um, sleep deprivation, and so on. So being metabolically healthy involves managing your day-to-day cortisol levels, which helps us obviously manage that stress and manage our body's ability to be adaptive. Um, obviously, I dive into stress a lot on some previous episodes. I believe my first ever episode was on stress. Um, I've been on sleep. One or two is on sleep or stress. Um, be really worth you going back to listen to that and how important stress is. Next, being uh, metabolically healthy does allow the ability to adapt for a healthy and enjoyable life. So the human body is marvelous it's absolutely marvelous it is incredibly smart it is an agile machine that can respond quickly to events in order to maintain a homeostasis right when you're metabolically healthy your body has what's called greater metabolic flexibility which basically means your body when you're metabolically healthy allows it to be metabolically flexible meaning it can efficiently break down nutrients in food to use as energy it recovers well and it performs the way you need it in order to function well right so it's allowing you to tap into different energy stores when needed so that you can constantly perform 
So as you can see, metabolic health is so important to how we live and how we survive. And um, one thing to understand is that nutrition probably has the most significant impact on your metabolic health. Eating a diet that is full of animals and plants, so basically a diet that's full in fiber-rich vegetables and fruit, lean proteins, and healthy fats is integral. But it's not just this. It's also not eating the opposites. So don't have a diet that is full of ultra-processed foods or refined sugars, as they're going to have a detrimental effect on your metabolic health. So now moving on to a bit more of the science. So obviously we've gone through what is metabolic health, how are we measuring it, and why does it why does it matter, right? So it's clearly very important for our quality of life, so we should all know about our metabolic health. But then what's the relationship between like metabolic health, glucose, insulin, etc.? So being metabolically unhealthy is very well correlated with something called insulin resistance, which is basically a condition where your cells stop responding to insulin. This ends up um, disrupting glucose regulation and puts your puts you at risk of a number of metabolic health problems. So diving this bit deeper for you all, like a bit more about insulin and so on and so forth. So your body's preferred energy source is glucose which is found in carbohydrates. Your digestive system breaks down carbs into glucose, which enters your bloodstream and travels to different cells where it's transformed into ATP, and ATP is basically energy, right? So your body um, breaks down carbohydrates into glucose, which then enters the bloodstream, travels to your cells to give you energy. That simple, right? The hormone insulin is the key, right, to understanding the relationship between glucose and metabolic health. So when you eat carbohydrates, your blood glucose levels increase, which then triggers your pancreas to release insulin. This then transports glucose to the cells and the tissues that need it, and unlock them so that glucose can enter and be converted into the ATP, the energy, right? So I'll go through that again. So when you eat carbs, your blood glucose levels increase because obviously you're breaking down carbohydrates of glucose, right? This then triggers the pancreas going, ah, glucose, here's some insulin, which then transports the glucose to the cells that need it, right? So especially when we're exercising, we want to break down, have an efficient breakdown of glucose. This is why for anyone who does like, like, or, marathons has done any long form of things you generally want a big carbohydrate meal the day before etc to have these stores of glucose so that your body can effectively and efficiently bring them down okay the proper functioning of insulin is essential to glucose regu regulation and metabolic health but there are factors um such as like your overall nutrition, your exercise, your sleep, and your stress um, can affect your insulin sensitivity and how readily the cells respond. So when you eat foods high in sugar, your blood glucose levels spike rapidly, taxing your pancreas 
as it produces a large amount of insulin to bring those high glucose levels back down to normal. When this is repeated consistently, consistently over time, your cells lose their responsiveness to insulin, which basically means you become insulin resistant. Okay, so if you consume a ultra processed diet or a diet with a lot of refined sugars, your in your pancreas is getting overworked, it's getting taxed. Therefore, it loses its responsiveness, or your body is not able to perform its job as well. And this is where you become insulin sensitive, right? So sorry, insulin resistant, opposite sorry, insulin resistant, right? And why does this matter? When you have insulin resistance, you generally then have higher levels of circulating glucose, even while you're fasting. And fasting glucose are one of the five measures of metabolic health. And when you're out of this range, you increase your risk of metabolic health sub, uh, problems and metabolic syndrome. So what does insulin resistance potentially make you feel like or look like so this is maybe some symptoms that on a day-to-day level if you're feeling these you may be insulin resistance so if you feel lethargic and fatigued often if you um, have an increase in cravings if you find it very difficult to lose weight and if you feel your body is increased in inflammation um, which can obviously lead to much more, much more stress in the body. So that could be a thing of you being potentially insulin resistant. This is why I feel getting a continuous glucose monitor, or especially doing that test that I mentioned at the start, which I will go over again, um, is going to be truly, truly vital. So bringing the podcast around, how do we improve our metabolic health? We know what it is. We know why it's important. We know how to measure it. How do we improve it? So. The good news is, it just is a few simple tweaks. That's all it is. It's just a few, few simple tweaks. The first thing I would always recommend is you can't measure what you manage. Uh, you can't manage what you do not measure. Cool, got that quite wrong. Yeah, you can't. You can't manage what you don't measure. A lot of you listening to this will be will be uh, businessmen and women. You know the, your company's numbers. You know your numbers you need to hit, your targets you need to hit, and everything you may be. But do you know your health numbers? Do you know how your body is performing? Many of you would have had multiple jobs. If not all of you, I very much doubt you. You, you may have, you would have had, you all have multiple jobs. Maybe some of you may work in the same company and worked way up, but you've all had different jobs. But you've all only had one body. You can look at your hands, look at your body, like this is the only one you got. You should know how it's performing and you should know what to do to optimize it. So the first thing I recommend you do is go and get the testing. Okay. Then the way that I would look at testing is go get your blood work done. That's quite easy. You can go to um, get your waist conference. You can do your waist conference at home. That's easy. Um, test your HDLs, your triglyceride levels, um, blood pressure, and you can get your average fasting blood glucose done um, using an A1C test, um, a healthcare provider. So that can all be done in one go. Um, 
but I would also recommend looking at getting a continuous glucose monitor, as I mentioned, as I mentioned before. Um, it tracks your glucose throughout the day, which is a much more reliable and accurate measure than just a one-off test. Okay. Well, how can we help our metabolic health? Well, it's exactly the same as the four pillars I tell you about all the time. So the first one is your nutrition. Eating a nutritious, balanced diet full of animals and plants is the best way to improve your metabolic health. Avoiding processed foods, avoiding refined sugars is the most important way to stabilize your glucose levels. One thing you want to pay attention to is also your meal timings when you're eating. So we want to make sure that we're having a period of fasting in the morning. Could be a couple hours, could be up to four hours, could be a bit longer. And obviously a period of fasting before bed. We generally want to be eating our last meal three hours before bed. It's going to really help our metabolic health. Next is then movement. Getting enough exercise and moving enough, especially strength training, is key for heart health which is inseparable from metabolic health, right? Looking to increase your muscle mass and increase your strength is absolutely phenomenal for metabolic health. So for the those listening who are ultramarathon runners or um, cyclists, triathletes, whatever it may be, you must be incorporating resistance training into your workout routine. And there are many, many studies in this, which is quite, quite interesting, where you look at... Um, you could like go into the extremes as much so bodybuilders know like extreme like cardiovascular athletes know the people who live the longest the best quality are people that do both have some level of cardiovascular health some level of, of strength and muscle mass it's really really important to help and obviously improving your strength and improving muscle mass will help regulate hunger levels help with glucose regulation and body composition as well as improving your insulin sensitivity so it's absolutely vital next is sleep Surprise, surprise. Practicing good sleep hygiene, having a good, consistent sleep routine is critical for metabolic health. Bad sleep can lead to insulin resistance. Simple as that. So sleep is absolutely vital in your metabolic health. And the last one, stress management. I'm sure a lot of you guessed that one was coming, right? So cortisol, the stress hormone, makes you temporarily insulin resistant. This is fine when you're experiencing like short-term acute stress, which is when you say like um, that fight or flight mode, short-term stress. Oh, fuck. There's a um, bear, you know, and you've got, you got to run away or kill it or whatever, right? Um, but chronic stress leads to increased insulin resistance over time and inflammation which will wreak havoc on your metabolic health so having ways of controlling your stress which is generally breathing taking time out being in nature and listening to the podcast i've done on stress will really really help you so to go full circle and summarize metabolic health is judged according to five measurements. So a large waist circumference, first symptom. High fasting blood glucose, second symptom. High systolic blood pressure, 
high triglycerides and low HDL cholesterol. Metabolic health is directly linked to a oh, sorry, a better metabolic health is directly linked to a greater life and health span. Glucose and insulin are the missing links in the metabolic health big picture. So we want to make sure that we are insulin sensitive and not insulin resistant. So making sure we're looking at um, monitoring our glucose throughout the day is going to be absolutely vital for that. I will go back now and just quickly summarize the, um, the scores on the test for anyone who wasn't taking notes or anything. So measuring metabolic health. For firstly, waist circumference. Men, if you have a uh, waist circumference of over 102 centimeters or over 40 inches, women over 88 centimeters or 35 inches. If you have a fasting blood glucose of over 100 milligrams per deciliter, uh, if you have a systolic blood pressure of over 120, if you have triglycerides of over 150 uh, milligrams per deciliter, and then if you have a HDL cholesterol of less than 40 uh, milligrams a deciliter. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I really enjoyed doing the research and then diving into this with you all. As always, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please share it on on any social media platforms. Um, send it to a friend. Um, give it a review. Obviously, the more reviews, uh, really, really appreciate the kind words and messages I'm getting on the back of the podcast. Um, and really appreciate everyone who is taking their health seriously and actioning the steps and looking to live a healthier and better lifestyle. So I'll leave you all with my favorite quote. Don't wish for it to be easier. Wish for you to be better. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Executive Health Show. If you have any questions based on the information in today's episode or general questions around optimizing your health and cognitive performance, the best place to get hold of me is on LinkedIn. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash Wade Foster MSC and you'll find my profile. Uh, Send me a connection request and I'll be happy to answer any questions you've got. Hope you have a great day. Cheers.